Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here with Dan King. Thanks for being with us today, Dan. I am. Pleasure to join you. Yes, absolutely. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? So as I said, I'm Dan. I'm calling in from England. I'm the National Lettings Manager here for uh, the prop tech company Housie and urban.co.uk as well. And we specialize in making the rent and journey as seamless as we can for both landlords and for tenants. Cool. And what got you into the real estate industry? It's the best industry I can think of to start off from the bottom and build your way up from there. It's, there are so many different resources online and there are so many different people to speak to, to understand the industry better and to make your way into it. I found it was incredibly welcoming the whole industry when I first started out on this journey. And I've not found anyone who wasn't like that during my time here. Awesome. It is a friendly industry for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you did start at the bottom of your company and then worked your way to the top. Is that right? Yes, I did. I originally started as just sort of the admin boy. as just a quick job to get it in. Um, and like I said, it is the easiest industry that I've found to be able to grow in. And that's exactly what I've, I've done from there. And I was, I've been happy with everything that I've done along the way. Awesome. And through that process, I'm sure that you learned some really good skills, some certain actions that led to results, which you could then focus on. So what would you say is the single most important action that you took on a daily basis to get you from admin boy, as you put it, to uh, pretty much running the company? <laughs> the best thing is just to keep on top of your calendar and to follow up with as much as you can, whether it's just checking to make sure everyone's sort of touched on their viewings that have happened over the last couple of days, following up with the dev team to make sure that any issues that have been put forward have been resolved and just keeping on top of anything. Because if something slips past, then that's when issues are going to pop up and that's when you're going to have complaints and it's then a whole other process from there. Got it. Keeping up with that calendar. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. (laughs) So key. Honestly, time management, it's easily overlooked. But it is a big separator. You know, there was oh, this story that that it was, you know, it was an anecdote, but it, it was told to me when I was first in business as a sales rep. And the anecdote goes, there are three individuals that work at a company. One makes $50,000 a year. The other makes $100,000 a year. The other makes $400,000 a year. There's no seeming difference in their knowledge, ability, or skill. The one who makes $50,000 a year Rolls in pretty much right at 9 a.m. That's when the day starts. And uh, in his free time, he listens to music. Uh, The second one, she gets there about 8 and she listens to some personal development, some music. The one who makes $400,000 a year gets there. It wakes up at 5 a.m., works out, gets to the office early, listens to personal development insatiably. And due to that, makes, you know, either four or eight times as much money. And a big part of that as well is planning, time blocking, just getting up early. So totally resonates with me. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. If you've got a structured day and you know that you have to get certain bits done by certain points and block out your day sort of as, as easy as you can, it makes everything just flow a lot better. And well, today, everything's going to be on your phone as well. So no matter what you do, you can always pop on, check your emails at nine o'clock yeah. at night or five o'clock in the morning, depends on when you want to do things. Yep, absolutely. And you know, speaking of prop tech, software that's assisting the real estate professionals out there you know where do you think the industry is heading what are your five ten year projections the industry is going to become vastly more automated and reliant on prop tech over the next five ten years it's going to be one of the main drivers of processes that are changing from your individual sort of one-man agents to your big conglomerates that manage 20,000 properties a year, just the ability to automate things. Everyone wants things now and they want it seamlessly and everything to be done instantly. And PropTech's the easiest way to make that happen. And it's working really well. There's a lot of great companies out there that just make the whole journey from either buying a house to renting one, to developing it, to selling it on anything. There is a company out there that will make it so much easier to do thanks to PropTech. Got it. And a lot of my listeners are real estate professionals. So they might first subscribe to that fear of different PropTech or iBuyers replacing them. And so how do you see the integration of humans and, and PropTech? Do you think that it'll the real estate transaction will be fully automated, say with it by 2030 in 10 years? Or do you see it as much more of an integration where, and I'll, I'll let you answer it. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's going to be much more of an integration than fully automated and there's no people. You, you will never sell a house without speaking to someone. There will always have to be a point of contact. You will always be sold something by someone. You will always be selling to someone. It's just the journey and the admin in between that the prop tech tends to make a bit easier. It's not there to replace agents or property developers it's there to make their journey and what they do a lot easier and if it can be embraced it can put you at the moment a couple of steps ahead of anyone else yes i agree i, I think that a lot of the yeah. tedious admin tasks the repetitive tasks things that could be automated they should be automated right mm. you, you know we're not we're not human so that we can do what robots can do <laughs> we're humans so that we can do the actual uh answer the buying questions we can be there at the close we can you know be there for that first phone call where the yeah. lead is not ready for you that's where the humans come in so i agree with you it'll be an integration <laughs> and there's really no need to be fearful uh, we're essentially going through the fourth industrial revolution and yeah. real estate is an industry that has been you know, a little bit antiquated in the their uh, adoption to technology up until the last five years or so. But every industry is going through the fourth industrial revolution where automation and AI are taking over certain aspects. But we're discovering new needs for higher paid positions to manage this AI, manage the automation. And at the same time, we're realizing where humans are essential. So... Yeah. I 100% agree with you. And, you know, I want to learn a little bit more about what your prop tech company does so we can speak to it and uh, learn more. So what we do is essentially try to make letting a property as easy as possible. 
we can do anything from just sort of find you someone who wants to let your property for a landlord and they take it from there or the full management and we're there every step of the way to ensure that it's a seamless journey and that a tenant can move in nice and quickly that if you're currently buying the property and renovating it that we can hit the ground running as soon as everything's already and done and just to be a solution for anyone and be able to help them out with any of their needs when it comes to sort of the property letting market over here. Got it. And to me, what that means for my listeners is any of you who have investment properties, maybe you own some commercial, you own some apartment buildings uh, and they need to be rented out. Yeah. Uh, having some assistance via a prop tech company rather than relying on traditional property management to say, fill the, the place could be advantageous. I mean, I've heard horror yeah. stories from people that invested in an apartment complex with just like, you know, eight units, nothing crazy. <laughs> and it sat vacant for nine months. Yeah. And then they switched property management companies and it was filled in a week. Yeah. So it's like That's... they paid nine months of mortgage they didn't have to pay because they aligned themselves with the wrong property manager and then just kind of like tried to set it and forget it and assume that this is how it goes. So I guess things sit vacant for a while, but that's not necessarily the case. No. So your company is helping to to fill places as well as uh, smooth out the process. Is that right? Yes. I, we've never, <laughs> having somewhere empty for nine months is would just be story. terrible for anyone. That's your worst nightmare to pay <laughs> that mortgage. You, you try and go for sort of aim for possibly a 5% vacancy and not nine months of the entire year with a property being vacant. I mean, with us here, we tend to have an offer in within the first sort of two weeks that we've been advertising. That's what we aim for and we'll push and we'll touch on everything we can every day to make sure that we've got someone in there as soon as possible. And make well, sure that's we've a great right point. As well. And one thing I want to ask you then is you mentioned the 5% vacancy rate, which is great. So portfolio-wide, how long, what's your average uh, unit vacancy? So like I said, we tend to get an offer in on a property sort of within the first two weeks or so. When we're letting a property for the first time, what we like to do is we tend to try to advertise, start guessing out there about six to four weeks before the property is available. So that way there's barely any void period there. And when we're changing over tenants in the property as well, like I said, sort of six to four weeks beforehand, we'd like to advertise it and we should have an offer in within the first two-ish weeks of marketing. And then that offer could be anywhere from the tenant wants to move in Friday next week or they want to move in a month from today. It really then varies a little bit. We've had quite a few today who had some great viewings over the weekend and they are having a lot of offers come through. And we're now just seeing who can move in the soonest for the best price and is the best possible tenant as well. So we've got ample tenants to pick from most of the time. Got it. So you're doing advertising for them as well. Yes. So yes. it's admin plus advertising. Yes. Yeah, it's everything. The, the way that we work over here at least is when you're doing sort of the property management is you'll be advertising it, you put it on. You, I think over in your neck of the woods, over the pond, you've got Zillow. Is that the site that most people tend to use? Yeah. So we've got other sort of property portals like that where we're out advertising on. We've got local campaigns through, um, we've got API set up with Facebook to get the property on there. 
sort of individual specialist sites as well, um, just to get someone through as soon as possible. The more the properties out there, the more people see it, and then the more the higher chance we are to have a tenant in sooner. Got it. Yeah, that that makes sense. And I could go so much deeper into the advertising aspect because you know I run an advertising agency. Yeah. And we could talk about that for three hours, probably not even <laughs> not even blink. But uh, what I want to learn is your journey with with entrepreneurship, right? Going from the bottom to the top in a thriving prop tech company, that's no small feat. So what like books do you read and, and what things are you inputting to help personally develop yourself and create that level of focus and drive? So the main things I sort of tend to read during the day are industry magazines there's a lot on here and a lot of sites that are specialized for property whether it be the the sales side the development side mortgages anything and just to make sure that i know the latest trends and sort of what's going on over here in terms of either prop tech or traditional agents and people doing things the the old way and how they are either developing over or finding issues at the moment and it's just keeping up to date with how the industry in general is doing and what new things are about to, to pop up. Either we can incorporate or we can try to be a part of somehow. Got it. So you're keeping your finger on the pulse with yeah. more industry news. Yeah, that's the most important I see at the moment. Okay, that makes sense. And you know, have you had any types of failures in the past that, or apparent failures that ended up setting you up for later success? Not particularly failures, I'd like to say. There were a few places where PropTech is relatively new, as as most people know. So there's a few things where this might happen once every three years for a company, this sort of very specific situation. So it's when something like that pops up, there's then a flaw in the process because it's not been dealt with before. And then it's seeing how that can be resolved and how it can then be the process if something failed, how it can then be improved to obviously then not failed for the next time. Got it. Got it. So yeah. just some anomalies that came through and then yeah. you have adjusted, but for the most part, you know, no big ones. That's like a favorite failure. Nothing really comes to mind. Nothing really comes to mind that, that I can think of at the moment. There was a time when one of the old parent companies that we had uh, they were called eMove over here and they went into administration. Nothing to do with us. We were just kind of their lettings arm, but they went into administration. And I wouldn't say that was a failure in sorts because it then taught us a lot about sort of merging into another company and, and how that works and what to be careful for and look out for when that's happening. Um, mm -hmm. But we've learned a lot from that and everything's going, going nice and smoothly now. All right. Sounds good. And what do you do for your clients that, you know, nobody else does? Do you have a, a unique value prop or, you know, anything that you want to share with our listeners? We try to sort of cater to as much as they need. One of the main things that I do when I used to be on sales calls was say, not what we can do, but what can we do for you? Here's tell me exactly what you need and we can hit the ground running from there. And we're all qualified here so we know exactly what compliance issues you need to make so it's more of a making sure that landlords are compliant with everything and just sort of the knowledge of the industry and what needs to be done in general that's one of our main selling points here 
It's that we know exactly what's going on. We know what compliance you need, and we're not going to let you miss that because if you do, then at least over here anyway, that's when the government finds you, the council finds you. There's a whole load of issues then that can appear from that. Got it. So you're acting a little bit as a legal counselor or at least another layer of eyes that are helping to keep the either real estate broker or the investor in compliance. Yes. Yeah. That's one of the main things. If if awesome. they're in compliance and they don't get a letter through that they yeah. have missed this certain thing, they don't have their energy certificates or anything, then that's going to cause them a big issue that as the manager, property manager, we'd have to deal with. So it's easier to get things done from the start, make sure everything's correct. And then no one has, has any issues or complaints. Right. And for me, that's something that I definitely would need because for me, I don't resonate with a lot of that legal, even, you know, when it comes yeah. down to like accounting, it's just not my strong suit. I am better suited in other areas. So I definitely keep an eye out and try to look for companies or individuals that can help me with those things. And throughout yeah. my life, I have, you know, I've had a CPA since I was 18. Uh, you know, I have a fiduciary. <laughs> I have, I have people in those areas. And so coming back to prop tech and, you know, managing properties, when it comes to city compliance, whatever it is, zoning, you said the energy certificate, I definitely yeah. do not want to go get those certificates and wherever I got to go sit, whatever online form I got to fill out, whatever it is, I don't want to do it. And so that's a huge value add to me. Yeah. And a lot of that, like I was saying, can be automated in a way. Over here, we've got a thing called a HMO license, which is a house of multiple occupation, where it is if the property has, I think it's three or more people staying in it, then it could be dependent on that license, depending on which area of the country it's in. So we've got that all set up to be able to automatically say, right, with these tenants moving in, you will need this license. Here is how it's applied for. Here are the next steps for it. Or with these tenants moving in, you don't need the license, don't have to worry about it. So we're all good to go from there. Got it. And quick question about your clientele. I mentioned brokerages or investors as an example. Is there one that you say is like the 80-20 rule, like, oh, 80% of our clients are, you know, real estate brokers. You know, what is that for you? What's your what's your 80% of your clientele? I'd say the majority of our clientele are individual landlords who have just either bought their first couple of investment properties and are renting it out and using that as income and a way to generate extra money from there. It yep. doesn't seem to be mainly sort of the big conglomerates. Most of them will try to sort of handle things in-house, but that's what we're also reaching out to at the moment to speak to them about, like I said earlier, we can do as much or as little as you need. So speak to higher portfolio landlords just to make sure that we can help them and do exactly what we can for them. But the majority is just the individual landlords really, but that's the bread and butter of the industry over here. Cool. That's good to know because you've proven the concept on individual, more mom and pop operations. Yeah. But through that, you've generated so much research development, so many systems and operations that, you know, for a real estate broker out there, mortgage broker, anyone who has some investments on the side, you know, things like this are a great opportunity to be really savvy with your money, right? I'm sure yeah. that there's some kind of financial advantage as opposed to paying out the standard 8% for a property manager or management company. Yeah. And so, you know, looking into these things, keeping your ears open, staying open to opportunities like this, 
once again with prop tech integrating with the industry over the next 10 years, you know, nothing stays the same. So if you don't change with the industry, then you're going to get left behind. And, you know, this is definitely a scenario and a pain point uh, where, where I can see this could be huge because no one wants to pay a property manager 8%. Nah. Uh, and uh, especially a lot of them underperform and don't know what they're doing. And they'll basically just collect a check. You know, they, they rent it once for a year, whatever. They collect a check and they don't really keep up on the property or focus on compliance. So... Yeah, this is this is really cool. Yeah. I've always thought the the eight or the six percent or whatever anyone is charging is always a bit too high for what they do. And the, the service that they're providing is always just a bit too much. And because we can automate a lot here and a lot can be handled by a system, we can us ourselves are a lot cheaper than those sort of six to eight percent agents and property managers there. So it can like you said, it's a financial incentive for them as well. Yeah. And that just makes sense. And there was another angle where it's like, why is it based on a percentage? You know, a lot of the properties are pretty much the same demandage, whether it's a $150,000 house or it's a $1.2 million house, or, you know, it's, it's a eight unit apartment or it's a you know 30 unit apartment. Yeah. I mean, relatively, if they're, if they're somewhat the same, then the work is pretty much the same. So why is the income of the property manager scaling with the income of the rent? Now, it could be argued, oh, so that they can be incentivized to charge more rent, right? But with that being said, I think it's a it's an interesting incentive model to, uh, to yeah. put in place. And I don't know if it's as streamlined as it could be. And, you know, the market acceptance to prop tech like your company will be the uh, proving point you know, it's not for me to decide or you to decide. The market will decide for us. And yes, uh, exactly. mostly cheaper, faster, better is uh, pretty much a sure bet that uh, the market <laughs> will accept it pretty well. So you're doing some good things over there. And I'm curious, is this available globally? Is it available in the United States? Not as of yet. I'm pretty sure if we had this conversation in the next three to five years, that answer will be different. But at the moment, we are just centralized here in the UK. We can work out everything, get all the bugs sorted, and then look to overseas from there. There were a couple of other prop tech companies in the UK who have gone out to Australia or the US and Canada and other places and haven't performed incredibly well. So okay. there are case studies for us to look at and see where this certain agency has fallen off and where we can make sure that everything's ironed out before that even happens. Got it. That's super important research and development. I focus a lot on foundation for my companies. So many are concerned with scale. We grew up in the yeah. age of Facebook and Instagram and multi-billion dollar you know, conglomerate social media companies. And so it's very easy to try and think like that, like, oh, I'm going to build the next X, right? In, insert Uber <laughs> or Facebook or whatever. And instead, you know, a, a lot of People, customers were burned along the way through that process of, of uh, as Reed Hoffman calls it, blitz scaling, just like scale to the moon, figure it out later. And they also had massive backing so that they could sustain those losses. For a lean startup like mine, I focus so much on customer, you know, getting the feedback loop back to myself as the founders so that we can continue to innovate and make things better and focus on foundation. So we have really strong systems and foundation and focus on the customer or client. And then that sets us up for future success, the ability to scale and do it in more in increments. Uh, yeah. So 
you know, with that being said, it seems like you have that similar mindset. And that way, when you do get ready to go to other countries, Australia, United States, it seems like you'll have some better footing than some of the other ones that might have been a little bit too aggressive early and failed. I can name a number of of real estate, either prop tech or iBuyer companies that came from other countries to the US and just flopped. So uh, I think it's it's really smart you're taking your time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot safer to, like I said, we've got a strong foundation anyway. It's just making yep. sure that everything will be okay in terms of then compliance wise and making sure that the systems can handle the different, like for you example, you've got the zoning laws out there and the industry, mm-hmm. although it's essentially the same, there are going to be differences between how the properties let in the UK, the US, Canada, Australia, all of those places. It's all going to be slightly different. So it'd be making sure that those differences are easy to then build in to the entire system that we've got here before even taking that step. Right. Well, here's a tip. We have federal, state, and city zoning laws, and whatever is the most restrictive is the one that is enforced. (laughs) There's a little real estate tip for you when you get out here. Um, It's like (laughs) you're looking at three different sets of legal documents to see what the zoning is, but the one that is most restrictive is the one that is in compliance or you need to be within that to be in compliance. So just a little tip, but uh, you know, really appreciate you being on. Is there a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? Not much I'd like to elaborate on. Like I said, it is mainly just making sure at the moment that we are stable in footing before we set out to possibly join you over there and making sure that everything's ironed out. We are here for a long time and we plan to be um we do have we've just finished our most recent crowdfunding phases as well so that's going to be going really well and i'm excited to see sort of everything that we'll be doing over the next couple of years and ironing out making sure that everything's all compliant and moving forward from there all right well congratulations i'll uh, i'll link below to you know everything that you want to share with the listeners but you know how can they contact you if they're interested in learning more well, um, you can just contact the, the agency over here. It's just housey.com. Um, you can email me directly at uh, daniel.king at housey.com. And I can answer any questions that you've got about lettings in the UK, our platform, and how we can help you. Awesome. Dan King with Housey, prop tech that is making property management essentially a thing of the past or the traditional way yeah. of thinking about it. So <laughs> really interesting. Thank you for being on and Thank uh, you, for you have a great me. rest of your day. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.